Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. I am Lauren Carpenter, and we are heading into week 11. And as always, my friends, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And if you haven't done so already, head on over to prizepicks.com, use the promo code MMN, and you get your deposit of up to $100 matched. Prize Picks is a ton of fun. I love playing Prize Picks. They don't just have NFL, they have other sports as well. But y'all can get involved in our 7 Eleven challenge here at Mayo Media Net. Now, we had so many entries from week 10 that we were not able to get the leaderboard updated in time for this recording, but that's okay, because I'll be able to update you as we head into week 12. But guys, it it's so hard to believe that week 10 is already in the books. Week 9 is already done. And we are heading into week 11. Now, it is Monday evening. You are either watching this tonight on Monday night prior to the Monday night football game, or you're watching this on Tuesday morning. Either way, we have injuries, we have waivers, we have streamers, and we are getting you ready to make that last final push to get into your fantasy football playoffs. So, Before we get into any sort of the fun stuff like we have with streamers and waivers, like I said before, we have to talk about some injuries, which are not so fun. Now, Aaron Jones, there is some good news here. He is the running back for the Green Bay Packers. And he hurt himself. It looked nasty, a little scary. A.J. Dillon did have himself quite a game because of that. But, hey, he was doing well in his own accord anyway. But, you know, it is what it is. But Aaron Jones only suffered an MCL sprain. And he is likely to only miss one, maybe two weeks. So that is the good news for all Aaron Jones and Packers fans. But Aaron Jones managers, uh, most importantly here for fantasy football. Not on the super great, you know, news side here is Cordero Patterson. He sprained his... Ankle and he is likely to miss several weeks. Mike Davis experiment is just done, you know. But what what are you supposed to do? I'm gonna go over Wayne Gallman, and he actually looked pretty well coming in. Um, did the second half of this game after Mike Davis was already benched. So that's kind of a it's kind of a hot mess when it comes to what is happening, uh, you know, in Atlanta with the Falcons. So that's no fun. Now, not really fantasy relevant per se, but. Sad news is Chase Young did tear his ACL, so he is out. He is one of those explosive defensive players for the Washington football team, which isn't good because Sweat is also out with a broken jaw or fractured jaw, excuse me, so this isn't good for the Washington football team. Plus, it's just not good anyway because Chase Young is one of those really fun players to watch on the football field. And last but not least, we do have Baker Mayfield, quarterback for the Browns. He suffered a knee contusion, which is a very fancy way of saying a knee bruise, so I guess that's good news if you roster Baker Mayfield. Although next time I have a bruise, I'm totally using contusion because that is an exciting word to think about when you're like, it hurts so bad. It's a contusion, not a bruise. Doesn't it sound so much worse than saying like, ow, my knee's bruised. It's a contusion. Like it's serious. It's medically serious. CeeDee Lamb also uh, had an arm contusion. I'm not likely to miss any time there, but just either way, keep your eye on their status moving forward. And before we jump into our waiver wire and streamer targets, remember, head on over to prizepicks.com, promo code MMN. You get your deposit of up to $100 match. Join in on the fun on the 7-Eleven Challenge. It's very easy. All you do is five over-under picks from the Sunday and Thursday game. Just don't do the Monday night game. Change your bet amount to $7.11 and boom, you're in. We have prizes all across the board, first, second, third, dead middle, dead last. These are... 
places that you get prizes. It's kind of unbelievable, but that's what we do here at Mayo MediaNet for the 7-Eleven Challenge. And there's also a link in the description of this video. It'll take you right there. Remember, promo code MMN. Get your deposit of up to $100 matched. Now let's start off with the running back position. Ramondre Stevenson, running back for the New England Patriots, had himself a game without Damian Harris. He had uh, actually, no, I'm going to actually go with week nine first. He had 10 rushing attempts for 62 yards, two targets, two receptions, and 44 yards. Now, that was with Damian Harris mostly on the field, but he actually missed most of the fourth quarter and still had some pretty decent numbers. So week 10 against the Browns, he had 20 carries, 100 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, two receptions on five targets and 14 yards. The You know, the passing game wasn't really all that awesome, but either way. He had over 20 points in PPR scoring. He looked fantastic. Um, they're playing Atlanta, and then they have Tennessee and Buffalo. Tennessee and Buffalo I don't love, but Atlanta, there definitely could be opportunity here, even with Damian Harris coming back. Now, is he going to see that kind of huge of a workload again? Unlikely, but I don't know how much that's really going to come down. Damian Harris might be that goal line guy, which kind of stinks if you're really banking on those touchdowns, but he's getting a lot of volume, and he's doing a lot with it. Again, this is Ramondre Stevenson running back for the New England Patriots and he is 21-ish percent rostered. And I guess the Jeremy McNichols experiment is over, which made me sad because I really had high hopes for him, but it just didn't pan out. Instead, Deontay Foreman, he was the one that ended up looking solid, looking very solid in that backfield for the Titans. He is only 2% rostered. Um, he, uh, Jeremy McNichols did almost have a touchdown, but you know, that's like horseshoes and hand grenades. So I'm going to really have to abandon Jeremy McNichols as much as I really, really don't want to because Deontay Foreman had 11 carries for 30 yards. He also had two receptions on two targets for 48 yards, which is weird because it kind of sounds very Ramondre Stevenson-esque numbers minus the two touchdowns. Um, even if he ends up playing that back role, which he is going to still kind of do to Adrian Peterson, he still has really good value as a flex play. And again, he is one injury to Adrian Peterson away to being the bell cow workhorse back in this Titan offense. Let's cross our fingers that that does not happen. They're going to see Houston, New England, and then Jacksonville. Um, I don't hate it, but I also don't really love it. It's kind of one of those middle of the ground things, but this is the running back position here in fantasy football heading into week 11. So beggars and choosers here is kind of the phrase I'm going to throw out there. Again, Deontay Foreman of the Tennessee Titans, 2% rostered. Now I mentioned Wayne Gallman at the beginning of this show, and now I'm going to go into Wayne Gallman just a tad here. He is only 1% rostered for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, this is bad. Um, it's really bad for the Falcons. Uh, Wayne Gallman is a is a serviceable backup. He's not absolutely terrible. I really like what he was able to do with the Giants. Um, he did have 15 carries for 55 yards in this game. He had one reception on two targets for 21 yards. Uh, but again, this is really going to be Cordero Patterson's role when he comes back. So I don't see Wayne Gallman as being a thing like rest of season. Um, but he is going to be a necessary piece that you should be targeting if you need somebody for week 11. It's not pretty. I don't like it. And especially don't like it because um, they're playing New England this week, which is gross. But they do face Jacksonville and then they will play Tampa Bay. So I don't hate those two either. But this is, might be a necessity ad that you have here and he should be widely available see, since he is only about 1% rostered. And I'm going to give an honorable mention out here to Eno Benjamin. He is the uh, replacement, if you will, for Chase Edmonds since he is out. Um, this was not a pretty game at all. Like, it was just gross for the Cardinals. It was 
This, if you want to just look up what game scripted out means in the dictionary, this is exactly what it is. They had a 34 to 10 loss. He had only six carries for 22 yards. He did return two kicks for 55 yards, which was kind of exciting. But I mean, even James Conner didn't have a very good game because they were down by so much. And Conner had, let's see, 10 rush attempts for 39 yards. He did get the touchdown, which did save his fantasy day. And he saw, you know, Three, tar- four targets, three receptions, 25 yards. I mean, that was the James Conner. So I want to give a nod to Eno Benjamin because even though his game was not great, it just wasn't really there for the running backs either way. Hopefully when Kyler Murray comes back and maybe DeAndre Hopkins comes back, Eno Benjamin will see a little bit more opportunity. I don't really love his upside, but again, this might be a necessity play here if he is available since he is only rostered in 13% of rosters out there. So... You might need to do it. They're playing Seattle this week, which is awful against the run. They are terrible against the run. Look what A.J. Dillon was able to do, even though A.J. Dillon is a very talented running back. But Seattle is terrible against the run. So I do like the idea of, you know, Benjamin here for Week 11. But then they play Chicago and then the Rams. I don't really like that much, that one as much, I should say. All right, now let's jump into our wide receivers here. Now, there are three names I'm going to mention that if they are somehow miraculously available, you should scoop them up off of your waiver wire. That is Michael Gallup, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. He went through three for five and 42 yards. I know it's not super flashy. Those numbers will likely change. Cowboys are heating up and they got something to prove, and Michael Gallup is incredibly talented. Darnell Mooney, they are coming off of a bye. And uh, prior to that, he had... um, This is fun because he also had a rushing attempt for a rushing touchdown, and he had a receiving touchdown on six targets, three receptions, and 41 yards. So I really like Darnell Mooney moving forward for the Bears. And then Elijah Moore, he did save his day with a touchdown from Joe Flacco, of all people, for the Jets. And I know the Jets aren't very exciting, but Elijah Moore is one of those rare, exciting pieces on that offense. He did see six targets for three receptions for 44 yards, and again, he did catch that one touchdown very late in the game from Joe Flacco. Now, here are some other names that are interesting, too. Um, also, those players I just mentioned are likely rostered. Like I said, um, they're, I think they're 48 to 50% and up. So if they're available, scoop them up. They might not be. Another name that might not be rostered because people were, you know, anxiously hanging on hope to this player, and now that Kim Newton is with the Panthers... Is it something once again? It's Robbie Anderson. He is 46% rostered with the Panthers. I don't really love this simply because I feel like he is so boomer bust. But there was a post-game interview with Cam Newton and Robbie Anderson, and they sure looked like jolly besties when they were hanging out selfies and doing all that stuff. So Robbie Anderson, is he going to be a thing? It's weird. I think he had like six targets too. Like I don't even know what to do with that. It's, it's odd. But If those other players are unavailable, Robbie Anderson might be there. Like I said, 46% rostered. I don't love this option, but I would be remiss if I did not bring him up as a potential down the stretch, especially heading into your fantasy playoffs. And then also Brian Edwards. Okay, let's move on to the Raiders here. Brian Edwards frightens me because he gave me a giant goose egg two weeks ago. He is only 17% rostered, but he did exceptionally well in this game, even though it was only on four targets in a bad game. I don't really want to call it bad. The Chiefs finally just showed up. Hey, where have you been? It's week of week 10. What, what's going on here? Anyway, he had four targets, three receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown. 
Um, again, I don't love the volume because I would rather have someone like Hunter Henry here in PPR formats that I know is going to be getting those targets. And he gets them in the red zone too. So Brian Edwards is very boomer bust for me. Um, the next three weeks, though, are really good matchups. They're facing Cincinnati, Dallas, and then Washington. Those are all positive in favor of the wide receiver position. So let's hope that the Raiders can muster up a little bit of courage as they work through the rest of this very difficult season for them. And Brian Edwards is likely one of those players that is available for you. 17% rostered. Again, not one that I'm I'm really super excited about. In fact, none of these wide receivers really get me, you know, anxious to run to my waiver wire and be like, swoop. No, I'd rather kind of go for the running back position here this week. But there are names that are available. And another one I want to throw in, another few I should say, I'm going to throw an honorable mention to, are going to be Traquan Smith and Deontay Harris. What is going on with the Saints offense? I don't know. Very low volume there. And then Amon Ross St. Brown is quietly being productive on the Lions, but it's the Lions, so automatic capped ceiling. And then Kendrick Bourne, you want to talk about boom or bust. He is one of those boom or bust, and he had a very athletic climbing up the ladder to clean the gutters, as Nathaniel Burleson said um, on Good Morning Football. But Kendrick Bourne is another one that is likely available that you can roster if you need a home run hit, but just understand that they can give you zero or only single digits. Little scary. Little scary this week for the wide receivers. So let's move on to the tight ends. All right, now Logan Thomas, if he is available because he is 52% rostered, you should definitely scoop him up. The Washington football team needs as much help as they can get, and Logan Thomas is notorious for being able to get it done no matter who is throwing him the football. They're playing Carolina in Seattle. Not awesome, but they do have a fantastic matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders in Week 13. And then we have Dan Arnold from Jacksonville, who I just cannot get on board with. I can't get on board with it. I can't get excited about it, but I think I might have to just put that past myself and just get it done. Get excited, Lauren. I'm trying to figure, I just can't. I can't get excited about it, but other people are, so I'm going to bring you his, I'm bring his name up. He is 26% rostered. He has had seven targets in the last two games, and he also had 10 targets in week eight, so that's really nothing to sneeze at. Um, he also went uh, five for seven of 67, so that is seven targets, five receptions, 67 yards, and he also had a two-point conversion. Pretty exciting. It's just really hard to get excited about Jacksonville Jaguars. Kind of like the way it's, it's hard to get excited about Lions players, like, I don't know why, I just, I can't do it. But if you can do it, and if you believe in him, go for it. I don't know, for some reason, it's just, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling it. They're playing San Francisco, Atlanta, and then the Rams. I I don't like this, except maybe Atlanta isn't too bad, but I, I don't really like his next three weeks coming up either. Meh. But one player I am excited about, and was very excited about for Week 10, is Tyler Conklin of the Minnesota Vikings. He is 35% rostered. He scored two touchdowns, which was very exciting. But the Chargers are very poor against the tight end position. And their secondary is actually very stout against wide receivers. So this really didn't surprise me very much when it came to Tyler Conklin. Um, they're playing Green Bay and San Francisco. And then they play Detroit. This is not a great matchup but in any of those three weeks. But Tyler Conklin has really started to carve out a role for himself in this offense, shockingly enough, with exceptional talent like Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook there to run the football too. But he is still really making a name for himself and Kirk Cousins is looking for him, which I do like for Tyler Conklin. And you can definitely do worse on the waiver wire at the tight end position than Tyler Conklin. And then I'm going to bring up a sneaky play. I did mention one of the Bears already in Darnell Mooney, but Cole Komet, I know he's very quietly 
un, a productive, not unproductive. He is quietly productive in a very unassuming way is the way I really wanted to phrase it. He is only 15% rostered. Um, he saw eight targets and six receptions for 87 yards against the Steelers. Again, they're coming off of a bye. Justin Fields is starting to play better and better. Um, they have a really good matchup this week against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I understand that might not be on paper the prettiest thing ever, but they're not very good against tight ends, which does, does give Cole Komet the opportunity to move the chains and possibly even some red zone looks as well. Then they played Detroit, shockingly quite good against tight ends, and Arizona also very good. So along the next three weeks, not great, except for that this coming week matchup against Baltimore. I do like Cole Komet. So if you're in deeper leagues or people just like to stash and hold on to tight ends, Cole Komet is an option for you at only 15% rostered. All right, now we're going to jump into our streaming options here. And the first name I want to bring up isn't really a streaming option because if he's available, you should swoop him up to play him possibly as a rest-of-season starter, and that's Cam Newton. I already brought his name up. He did very well in his first game in, and I think he knew, like, maybe four plays. Didn't matter because he scored on two, and I think he played eight snaps or something. I don't know. It was very it was very strange, but he's back. I mean, I think I sounded more of like a man than he did when he yelled it on the field. Either way, um, their next schedule looks amazing. Aside from their bye that's coming up, they're facing Washington, Miami, and Atlanta. And all of those teams are in the bottom 10 when it comes to uh, defenses against quarterbacks. They're terrible. So Cam Newton not only can get it done through the air, he can also get it done with his legs as we saw last week. So Cam Newton is a great opportunity here for you, 14% rostered. Now we also have Mac Jones. Um, I don't know if they've taken the training wheels off Mac Jones or not, or maybe he's just saying, Psh, hold my juice box, watch this. But I like Mac Jones from the Patriots quite a bit. He is 28% rostered. His numbers so far have not been flashy, but they're steadily getting better. Um, can we can we call it a preliminary breakout? I mean, like, is that is that a thing? Can I make it a thing? Like, it's like that. The hint that a big breakout could possibly be coming. And they're facing Atlanta, who is the fifth worst against the quarterback position. So if Mac Jones is really going to have a chance to test out his ride without those training wheels, I think facing against Atlanta while he has a ton of confidence and momentum from their win against the Browns, I think this week is the week it's going to happen. And then finally, one that I don't love, but if you're desperate, Tyrod Taylor. He's 5% rostered, and there's a reason why he's only 5% rostered. Um. Last week's game against Miami, I'm trying to think of something nice to say, but I really don't have anything nice to say. It was terrible. It was a terrible game. There were like 3 million turnovers. It was absolutely gross. Um, However, they are playing, they meeting the Texans, are playing the Tennessee Titans, who have allowed the 8th most points to quarterbacks. So the matchup is there, and Tyrod Taylor can get it done. He was explosive in his first two weeks of the season before he got hurt, and then it was kind of, it's been meh so far. But maybe they can get it going, maybe they can get back to where they were, or maybe some semblance of where they were before with Tyrod Taylor here. Again, more of a desperate move if you're in deeper leagues, also more of a DFS play if you're looking for some value there at the quarterback position. And finally, before we wrap up here, our defense and special teams. Okay, Miami Dolphins, hi. I'm very, very pleased with how well that they have been playing, and they're only 20% rostered. They're playing the Jets. Need I say more? Miami Dolphins, my favorite defensive streamer. And then we have the Panthers. Lots of Panthers here. I know, I get it, but, you know, things happen when you have Kim Newton as your newly minted, newly minted. Can he be newly minted if he's a veteran? I don't know if that's possible. Newly re-minted? Maybe we'll go that way. Panthers defense, 30% rostered. They're facing Washington. Um, Washington has struggles all across the board. They've also allowed the 10th most points to the 
two opposing defenses. I almost said the quarterback position. Wrong streamers to the defenses. So I also like Panthers at 30% rostered. And that's all you have for me today. Remember to keep your eye on those possible waiver wire pickups that could be floating around from Monday night's game. Also, please go ahead and like this video and subscribe. If you have not subscribed yet, please do so. We have content that comes out every day for many, many different sports. Plus, Mayo Media Net's just cool. So you should subscribe to feel good about yourself and to make me feel good because it always makes me feel good when people subscribe to our content. Also, make sure you're following us on social media at Mayo Media Net. You can follow me on social media at Stepmom Lauren. Remember, pricepicks.com, promo code MMN. You get your deposit of up to $100 matched free money. Come play along with our 7 Eleven challenge and have some fun with those price picks. It's really easy and it's, it's kind of addictive and I love it. Kind of obsessed. Anyway, good luck in week 11, everyone, and you will see me live on Sunday morning. All right, welcome back to another edition of our first look at the following week's salaries for the week 11 DraftKings slate. I'm Peter Overzet here on the Mayo Media Network, and we are going to do what we do every Monday afternoon, and that is move on from the week behind us and look ahead at these salaries. And I will say, I am pretty excited about this slate we only have two teams on by it's the broncos and Rams, so we don't have you know our cooper cups and our Darrell hendersons but this is shaping up to be a pretty good main slate we only have three late games in the 4 p.m slate but all of them look really good including the main event the marquee matchup it's dallas kansas city that opened up with a 55 and a half point over under so clearly has massive shootout appeal we also have arizona seattle maybe we get kyler murray back we get another uh, game under Russ's belt after returning from injury that has a 50 point over under. And then we have Cincinnati Las Vegas as well with a 49 point over under both those teams uh, have had a propensity for throwing the ball, playing a little bit more up tempo of late. So that game could be fun. And then the other notable matchup in the 1 PM slate looks like Indiana Buffalo. I think that could be a pretty fun kind of sneaky shootout game. It has a 49 point over under. Let's go ahead here and pull up our uh, draft kings here for salaries, and we can start going through what we are seeing here at the various positions. So as always, we'll start here at quarterback, and I should uh, mention the usual caveat, which is I'm recording this on Monday. Lots of changes as far as injuries, as far as projections. So be adaptable throughout the week. This is meant to kind of give you uh, the framework for your DFS research leading up to the weekend. And uh, I'll say right now, uh, we have Mahomes and Dak Prescott, who I think are going to be incredibly popular. They are in that marquee matchup I just described, and they're only 7,600 and 7,200. So these guys are going to project very well. They are going to be very popular options. And that's why I think some of the guys at the high end, specifically Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, might be a little bit sneaky this week in that, you know, people might not want to pay up to be contrarian when you have, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott here for, for much cheaper, you know, in the case of Dak Prescott compared to Josh Allen, that's $900 in savings and they'll probably project to a similar ceiling. So that'll be an interesting dynamic to see how that plays out on the slate. 
Like I said, too, a couple quarterbacks that look kind of rusty in their return, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, they're now back and look, you know, appropriately priced here. Russell Wilson only at 6,500 at home versus Arizona. That seems like it could be a get right spot for him. And then Aaron Rodgers versus Minnesota, who's been giving up lots of points at 7,000. Um, we have that matchup I talked about with the Bengals. And the Raiders, Derek Carr, 5,900. Joe Burrow, 6,600. Joe Burrow's a little pricey, I would say, uh, but that's probably going to keep his ownership in check a decent amount as well. So much different from last week where there was really only kind of four quarterbacks who stood out plus Jalen Hurts. This week seems we have a lot of options here in the mid and upper tier. Of course, Jalen Hurts is well at 6,800. I feel like his price is just always fixed right here in this 6,500 to 7,000 range. He had uh, another nice uh, day on the ground, 53 yards rushing. Um, the only thing kind of capping his ceiling right now is how much they are running the ball with the running back. So, you know, the pass attempts have been pretty low uh, lately, although they picked up in this game against Denver, he threw those two touchdown passes to Devonta Smith. So I think Jalen Hurts is always in play in the conversation. And um, I think the concern with him is just New Orleans has been playing a bunch of these super slow kind of slog fest type games. Um, if we're kind of looking for some cheap QBs, um, it's a little hard. Uh, there's not a lot I'm liking down here. I do think Carson Wentz will be in the conversation at 5,500 should be some garbage time points for them. You know, they've been playing really well, which has allowed them to rush the ball a ton. Obviously Jonathan Taylor having some really good games lately, but if we get his pass attempts, you know, up here toward 50, like we saw in that game against Tennessee, um, then we're going to start to be in the conversation here at 5,500. Uh, we'll have to see with some of these other kind of situations here. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe Trey Lance, uh, after Jimmy Garoppolo's performance tonight, maybe he potentially is in the mix. That would be super fun versus Jacksonville at 5,400, so you have to keep an eye on that. Justin Fields uh, playing a lot better of late. He is at home here against Baltimore. That's going to be kind of a tough matchup for him, but I do think he'll be in the GPP conversation. Probably not a cash game consideration, but he will be in play there for tournaments at 5,700. Let's head over to the running back position. Last week was an absolute loaded week at running back. I mean, not only did we have the cheap guys like Mark Ingram and Ramondre Stevenson, uh, and also, sorry, Dearness Johnson, we also just had loaded guys at the top end and looks pretty similar again this week. We have Christian McCaffrey, who was so close to a big game last week. He had a couple times where he stepped out of bounds on what should have been touchdowns. He misses the rushing yard bonus by five yards. I mean, just really close to like a 45-point week. Um, he looks back. He is still losing um, a little bit of work to Chuba Hubbard, who, who was getting some touches. But again, with Christian McCaffrey, the 10 targets, that's really where we're making our hay there. Jonathan Taylor probably the best uh, rusher in the NFL right now, um, just playing incredibly well. He will obviously be in the conversation at 8,300, although I wonder if people will get a little scared off in this matchup because Jonathan Taylor has in the past been a little prone to being game scripted out. You know, this could shape up to be a little bit more of a Naheem Hines game. That said, Taylor's just running so well that you have to think that they give him kind of the Titans Derrick Henry treatment this year where they were just using him in all game scripts regardless of how things were going. Um, we might get some guys back. Alvin Kamara, of course, missed this week. Nick Chubb missed this week. We should see those guys uh, return, which would definitely make things interesting. 
Um, you know, DeAndre Swift continues to be rock solid. He was losing a little bit of work to Jamar Jefferson, but Jamar Jefferson got hurt. Jamal Williams wasn't active. And these 33 rush attempts, granted, it was boosted a little bit there in overtime, but the workload has still been really nice for DeAndre Swift, and he's always going to catch a few balls a game as well. Um, one big injury situation we're going to keep tabs on is Aaron Jones. It does look like he'll for sure miss this week. He has that MCL sprain, and he's expected to miss one to two weeks. So that means A.J. Dillon here at 6,200 is going to project extremely well in this matchup. He's played really good um, in basically a bunch of different game environments. He had 21 carries for 66 yards and two TDs, pitched in a couple of receptions there. So A.J. Dillon is going to be kind of this week's James Conner, I would say, the guy who was in kind of a committee, and then that committee clears out for him, and he's leading the backfield. And he's priced just enough to where I don't think he'll be like a 65% owned guy in small field in the way Dearness Johnson was, but he is going to be incredibly popular. Um, but we do have enough kind of cheap options even below him that I don't think it'll be absolutely absurd, his ownership. So kudos to DraftKings on nailing the pricing on that. Antonio Gibson, I was really worried about him um, before their bye week. He was losing work to Jarrett Patterson. The shin injury had really been nagging him. And I think uh, I was pretty impressed with what I saw coming out of the bye. He had the two touchdowns, 24 attempts uh, in a game against Tampa, who, who have been a pretty stout rush defense, getting a couple targets as well, which hasn't necessarily been his specialty this year. So Antonio Gibson definitely going to be in the conversation against Carolina here at 5,900. Um, Eli Mitchell has been running really well. It'll be curious to see how he looks tonight. If he has another night tonight where he really controls that backfield, um, I think he could be fairly popular. And the, the thing that was great about him last week was seeing him get these five targets because the two games previous to that in week seven and eight, he wasn't catching any balls. And so you know, then you're worried a little bit about his floor. But I'll be curious to see if he's catching balls tonight and leading the backfield He'll be in play down there. We'll have to see, like I said, what's the deal with uh, Nick Chubb. I assume Nick Chubb will be back, and so Dearness Johnson won't be in play anymore. Uh, David Montgomery's price really sticks out here at 5,500. You know, he returned in week nine to 13 carries, two receptions, and I think pretty safe to assume that his workload would continue to increase. Matt Nagy has been on the record that Montgomery would see a full complement of snaps once he was back in the lineup, mostly held true to his word there in week nine, obviously Khalil Herbert playing really well. So you can't just, you know, jettison him off to the bench, but David Montgomery, I would imagine his workload to increase a little bit this week. Um, we might also get CEH back this week. However, if we don't man, Darrell Williams, he had nine, catches last night for 101 yards, including that touchdown where he basically mossed the defender in the end zone. So Darrell Williams playing really well. And that game is just so attractive, you know, from a shootout potential that Darrell Williams is going to be very much in play at 5,400. And uh, we'll see down here. I'm trying to see if there's anything else in the dumpster dive territory that might be interesting. I should toss out Deontay Foreman. Um, he led the Titans in carries uh, this week, which is fairly interesting because I think conventional wisdom is that Adrian Peterson would be the lead back there. But he had 11 attempts on 30 yards, also caught a couple passes. Um, so, yeah, against the Texans, who have obviously given up massive you know, days on the ground to running backs. I think Foreman at 4,900 uh, will be in play, and I think you can mention Adrian Peterson 
as well. So those are your kind of cheap running backs there. Um, not seeing anything else jumping out too much, but who knows? As the week goes on, uh, this stuff is prone to change. Uh, at wide receiver this week, you know, Tyree Kill continues to be really consistent. He didn't have a big yardage game uh, last night, only 83 yards, but he did have those two TDs and continues to just be a big focal point of the offense. So he'll be a very popular option. Uh, maybe Devontae Adams is a little bit in check because he didn't have a monster game. He was chalk last week at 7,900. His price goes up 500 and doesn't do much in that first game. So I wonder if Adams will be a little sneakier, maybe kind of like Diggs was this week. Um, but Adams, obviously a good play. Jefferson, he's really starting to get pricey up here at 8,100, but Jefferson is clearly uh, one of the elite wide receivers who can always pop off for a big game, 11 targets for 143 yards there. Diggs, you know, had his ceiling game there. It's the one we've been begging for. So lots of good options here at the upper end. And, um, you know, some of these guys I could see being contrarian again, you know, AJ Brown really burned people who used him this week. Um, but Dwayne McFarlane actually had a really interesting stat about, um, AJ Brown, because there was a lot of kind of concern that it was Marshawn Lattimore who had shut him down, but I'll read you this tweet from Dwayne here about uh, A.J. Brown. He was awarded 13 single-man coverage looks by the Saints yesterday. He got open on six of those, 46%, but Ryan Tannehill only targeted him on one of them. He was also open on 63% of his routes of 10 yards or more. Uh, Dwayne goes on to say, bad box score day, but strong underlying performance. So I'm not giving up on A.J. Brown. He's still a beast, and we might get an ownership discount here in a really nice matchup. We get Jamar Chase and T. Higgins back on the main slate. I mean, the T. Higgins explosion is coming. He's too cheap here at 5,400. Look at these targets, you know, 15, 6, 8. You know, based on that workload, the big days are coming. Um, like I said, we mentioned with kind of a bounce back with Russ, I think DK Metcalf at 6,800. And man, Lockett is cheap here at 6,000 as well. Devonta Smith is uh, probably too pricey up here at 6,400. I know he had those two touchdowns, but the volume hasn't been great. They've been running the ball a ton. So Devonta Smith is probably a fade for me up here at 6,400. DJ Moore, man, he continues to plummet. Uh, if you would have told me early on in the season, we'd be getting DJ Moore at 5,900. I would have cried. Um, and well, I guess early on the season, we did have him at 5,900. Let's just say at week four, if you would have told me he would be back at 5,900, I would have been upset. But now we are here and we get to decide if we want to buy the dip. The targets have still been solid. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe Cam takes over. Maybe he can get DJ Moore going, but still have a little bit of hope for DJ Moore in this offense. Um, as far as some other cheap guys, I think we can mention uh, Cole Beasley. Uh, he continues to be pretty involved in this offense and uh, at 4,800, um, kind of a buy the dip spot after he wasn't utilized too much against the Jets there in week 10. We'll have to see how Brandon Ayuk's role shakes out tonight. I think he could be interesting. Um, Jamal Agnew didn't have a catch. He just had the one rush last week, uh, for eight for 79 yards and a touchdown. So pretty abnormal, interesting stat line for him. Um, Rashad Bateman looked really good on Thursday night. Um, he kind of held off Sammy Watkins, you know, and still had another eight target game. So he's going to be in play here at 4,500. 
Let's see if we can find anything else interesting. Michael Gallup's price only comes up 200. Uh, he had five targets after the nine-week absence there. So in this high-scoring game, Michael Gallup is going to be very much in play, as will Miko Hardman at 4,000. He only had three targets last night, but in that game where we're going to be trying to you know, attack it for, for points, I think Hardman will be in the conversation. MBS as well, his price only comes up $200. He only had a two-target game, but he'll probably be popping in the air yards by low models this week. They did just miss on some deep connections. So MBS, MBS, always a cheap guy that's in the conversation there. But last week was extremely tough on DraftKings for finding these cheap wide receivers. It looked like we were maybe going to have Tyler Johnson, but then Chris Godwin played. So the, the cheap wide receivers, it's always a TBD situation. DraftKings has been doing a really good job, sub 4,000 on these pricing. I guess I can mention Marcus Johnson. He had 100 yards receiving yesterday, um, which is pretty notable, and now they play Houston. So who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe Marcus Johnson can be in the conversation. Let's head over to tight end here where we have all the studs back on the slate. You know, we didn't have any of these guys, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller or Andrews on the slate last week uh, because they were all in island games or night games, and now they're all here. So Darren Waller, he he's frustrating, man. He had a, a pretty poor performance again on Sunday night football. He has the seven targets but only four receptions for 24 yards. I'm guessing he is going to be the least popular of these tight end guys just because he's so, so boom bust. But that will be great for tournaments as well. So we can uh, we can potentially go back to Waller in a nice matchup versus Cincinnati. TJ Hawkinson, another guy, zero fantasy points. Zero fantasy points in Week 10 against Pittsburgh. One target. Uh, so disappointing. So I doubt many people are going to be rushing to click his button there. We do have a couple little injury situations to monitor at tight end. Dallas Goddard. Left the game yesterday with a concussion. Ricky Seals-Jones left the game with, I believe it was a hip injury. Yeah, hip injury. Sounds like he's day-to-day, but that's something to monitor. I think we'll have a couple of good cheap options again this week. You know, Gerald Everett, who had been pretty quiet during that stretch without Russell Wilson, comes back and gets eight targets. So uh, anybody getting eight targets at 3,100, that's definitely going to be in play. David Njoku's been fairly involved for the Browns, four targets, um, you know, not a huge line. But again, we're dumpster diving here under 3,000, trying to see if anything else stands out. Not really. Not really right now, unless we were to get, you know, Dallas Goddard missing, then maybe you get a little Jack Stoll in there. And that's what point we are at in the season. My self-touting Jack Stoll on the Mayo Media Network. Let's do a quick peek at defense as we wrap up here. Titans all the way up at 3,900, but uh, normally we have a few teams over 4,000, so not as many, you know, smash defensive plays by salary alone. Uh, Let's see, anything interesting jumping out to me here? The Jags at home versus potentially Jimmy Garoppolo looks interesting. Um, Let's see, we could have... The uh, Seahawks at home, if if uh, Kyler Murray doesn't play again, you could have Seahawks at home versus Colt McCoy. That's going to look pretty good. Uh, Carolina versus Heine is always going to be in the conversation. Not seeing anything like really standing out from a cheap defense standpoint. Maybe a spot to pay up again. The Browns at home versus Cleveland at 3,100 looks pretty nice to me. And uh, otherwise, we're on the expensive end. So we will have to wait and see how the week develops for 
defense, but as always, very good to run through the slate, get our bearings here as we get prepared for week 11. Um, once the salaries and uh, the projections are out, or sorry, the salaries are already out. Once the projections are out, I highly recommend checking out Run the Sims. You can get 10% off any package with promo code Pete. You get 10,000 simulations for every showdown slate for the main slate. You can use the custom lineups to enter into your contest. It even shows, you know, how much they're projected for, how, um, what the cumulative and product ownership is. So you can see which lineups are going to be popular or not. It really has been an awesome resource. So get over there, check out run the Sims with promo code Pete, get you 10% off. You can find me on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Peter Overzet. I review my GPP lineups every Monday morning, and then I do a strategy show every Friday afternoon where we get into the weeds with our DFS and GPP strategy. I appreciate you guys watching. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the videos, plenty more DFS and NFL sports betting content coming down the pipeline this week on the channel. We will see you guys next week for the week 12 first look.